And now, it's time for Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. Presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa. On 102.5 The Bone. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio's early segment where we're going to have the opportunity to talk with a lot of the most influential and talented figures that are really in the fishing industry as we know it today. We're not going to be able to get to every single one of them, but we're damn sure going to try. And today we have the pleasure to have my good friend join us. You may have seen her from everywhere from Instagram to Facebook to events, tournaments, iCast. She is one of the lead personalities in the industry on the female side. Her name is Sarah Salt, and she's here with us today. Sarah, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm actually, how can I follow that intro? Well, I, I, I guess... Uh, I guess I did good for the first one, but uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you guys may not know, but Sarah's a good friend of mine. We had the opportunity to meet through the fishing industry. Sarah does a lot of work with a lot of different top-tier companies, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But what we're going to be doing in these type segments is we're going to be talking about these anglers, what they've done, and what got them to where they are today. And I think it's a great inspiration, not only for all of us that are recreational and even professional anglers, but also the next generation coming up to know where some of these folks came from. And I'm really excited to have Sarah here in the hot seat, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, really, Sarah, you know, to get this started, um, let me just ask you, um, fishing, you, how did this start? Well, um, as you may or may not know, I'm from Panama. I was born and raised there. My parents are from there. My grandparents are from there. And it is an isthmus, so it's it's surrounded by water on two sides. So it's uh, very much so a very big fishing community, and lots of people spend their time outside on boats, you know, fishing from, you know, all kinds of different vessels. And as a child, my parents pretty much took me to the beach every single weekend, um, sometimes during the the week and so it was quite normal for us to catch our own dinner and that's where my love started for it I was very little I was um, single digits and I just never grew out of it I mean it actually the compulsion got worse it's a big passion I can I can definitely understand that you know well starting out uh, you know clearly you have a similarity to a lot of the rest of us especially uh, our listeners and myself that you got the bug from a young age, mm -hmm. you had the opportunity to, you know, kind of let it be your uh, best way I could say is your muse. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, to fast forward just a little bit, but when did you start to look at fishing as something that might be a career choice? Well, for me, it started about, let's say, almost five years ago, roughly. Um, and let, let me back up a little bit. So I, I've uh, started modeling when I was 13. And so I've been in that community as far as representing companies or doing different shows, being in, in, you know, in front of the public eye for a long time, since I was 13. And I did promotional modeling and I did just regular, um, like, uh, let, let's say, uh, oh, I'm, I'm having a little... Oh, that, that's fine <laughs> like lifestyle and you know things like that and so i about five years ago i found myself 
constantly wanting to be on the water. I was doing a show. I was, you know, promoting a lot of spirits and wine and, you know, different things, different products. Sure. And I found myself being at a function and just looking out and thinking, oh, this is a perfect day for fishing. But I couldn't go because I, you know, I had to, I had to work. I, I think everybody listening can yeah. pretty much feel that pain from time to time. Even, even though, you know, I get an opportunity, I feel it myself. So yeah. everyone, we feel that. And even, even <laughs> if you fish every single day, you know, you still, when you don't fish for a day, you still want to go out. So I found myself either doing an event and, and thinking, oh, I'd rather be fishing or I would be fishing and, you know, the bite would be fantastic. And then, you know, your time has to come to an end because you have to go to a show or do an event. And so um, funnily enough, and this is a mutual friend of ours, or I know you, you met him and that's actually how we met. It was Peter Miller that had um, reached out. Oh, Pete. Absolutely. Yeah, a long time ago. And he, he's like, hey, we're doing this giveaway. You should enter it you know, da, da, da. And so I entered the giveaway and I ended up winning um, a lot of his swag and I started just wearing it. But by then I had already been picked up by Boat and Boat is that paddleboard. Yeah, um, they're a great company. We uh, saw a lot of their nice stuff at ICAST this yes. last year. Yeah, so that's the first big company that picked me up and he was actually a part of Boat as well. And so we ended up meeting at ICAST and he kind of propelled me and he is has been a mentor to me for the last four years and he really showed me the ropes and told me um, how to go about things, you know, as far as reading and writing contracts and doing things properly because you know there's a good way to do things and there's a bad way to do things. that's true mm -hmm. that, that's very true i think we can all relate to that yeah so the funny thing was you know you have to make a decision and it's kind of difficult sometimes because you know when you're starting a new business you kind of have to you're not always making the money that you need to make that's for sure yeah. absolutely and and i you know but if you stick with it, which is what I did. You know, it took me a few years to, to get really more recognition, but um, my second company that came on board was Hobie, and I was on the Hobie fishing team for a few years, and that really just opened up a whole new level of, of I don't know, passion, you know. Sure, sure. Y you know, just w it invigorated you, clearly. It, it you know? really did. It's uh, it's amazing. Any type of fishing for me is just, just really exciting, and I'd love to get you on a paddleboard or a kayak someday. I well, don't think it's going to happen. The, we, we can all pray for something. You never know if it's going to come true. <laughs> if it's going to stick. I'm thinking it's not going to stick. Well, hey, you know, I, I think that uh, maybe we can arrange that sometime. We should. We should get, actually, <laughs> I just found out that um, it's from a kayak, yak tribe or something. Mm -hmm. Heath, who is here in St. Pete, mm -hmm. he has just started something. He was on a TV show recently and really? he talked about that. And he's running out kayaks and stuff. So we're going to huh. hit him up. And we're going to catch us some fish on a kayak. We may have to look at that. I, I think I could catch fish in just about any scenario. You too. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that may be something fun to try. Um, with that company getting you started, I mean, tell us a little bit more about it from there. Um, when you started fishing, mm -hmm. um, I, now I know well, a lot of listeners don't know, and I'm glad that you brought up the kayak fishing. Mm -hmm. You were very popular, were, you still are especially from the panhandle area where right. you're from and you would go out on your kayak mm -hmm. and you would be catching all kinds of fish uh, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about that i think it's fascinating yes i sure i i love it i could talk about it all day so um two of the most common ways that i fished over there you know besides a boat obviously were um off of the surf 
I was well known for surf fishing for Pompano. Um, we have a very unique um, double, it's called a yeah double sandbar mm-hmm. kind of system up there. And so you have to know exactly where to cast and the water's so clear, it's just beautiful. So that was one thing. The bigger thing for me was the kayak fishing. And what's amazing about the fishing up there versus here is that, you know, as we all know here, the water stays really, really shallow for up to like 20 miles. And so we, you know, you have to go so far out to catch redfish or, I mean, I'm sorry, red snapper. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like no, that. I, sadly, I knew exactly what you were talking about. Yeah, but we know we need to explain it for those of, of the, our listeners that, that aren't sure. But anyway, over there... You only have to paddle out maybe half a mile, and you're in 75 foot of water. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that's pretty amazing. So essentially, you're doing what a lot of our, our listeners are doing, except mm-hmm. instead of getting over to the island to throw in the mangroves, right. you're all, you're able to drop down for all, ki- well, all kinds of fish. Well, it took us, um, you know, and at the time I had I had a boyfriend, and um, we were on the, you know, the kayaks. Sometimes it was tandem. Actually, a lot of times it was really lovely for those ladies that want to fish and aren't quite sure how to do that it's it's something that you can do hey guys if you there's a chance if you want to you there she wants to spend quality time say honey let's get in the tandem kayak and uh and go out there and slay some fish yeah, that's always some something dinner. to do i thought you were giving my services up i was gonna say oh Hold my up there. oh my goodness <laughs> but uh you know it's really funny with the red snapper and mm-hmm. you know the kingfish and different pelagics and stuff that you were catching tell us a little bit about um when you're fishing out there from a kayak you're catching some serious fish that a lot of anglers are catching in boats tell us a little bit about how, how that whole experience is um it's just fascinating to me well thank you yes i i can't even begin to tell you it's it gives me such emotion well, that doesn't do our listeners a lot of good <laughs> <laughs> it just it gives me such emotion to think about it. Um, I've had so many wonderful catches. Red snapper obviously is a favorite because you know you get to fill your bellies and it's just such a delicious fish. It, it's a damn good fish. I'll argue mangrove snapper are better, but so you know that's we'll save that for another day. Yes. It's a mang. <laughs> um, but yes, the uh, red snapper we would catch them half a mile out, and I'm not talking about little tiny ones that are 22 or what. what 18, 19, 20. Oh, oh, yeah. You're talking about fish that are 25 pounds plus, plus up there, yes, you know, in the like, panhandle. Mm-hmm, giant ones. So if we would paddle out wow. three to four miles, we would get, you know, just anything. We would just all kinds of red, uh, different types of snapper, different types of grouper. Um, as to get the kingfish, you know, the king mackerel mm-hmm. or the Spanish mackerel, for those, you don't, obviously, you don't go out to a reef or, you know, a certain type of hard bottom. We would um, do a little slow troll, and it's perfect on a kayak. You know, it's a little tricky on a boat because you you tend to go a little too fast on a boat. Really? Mm -hmm, Sometimes. But on a kayak, you know, you just can have a nice little pace. And I prefer the pedals versus the paddles because your hands are free. That's the key and the wonderful part about Hobie kayak fishing is they you know you use your feet to propel yourself that's pretty cool I've, I've never been a fan of the you know no offense to you guys that are out doing it but you know whenever i see uh, you know an angler out there paddling away in a kayak i'm just thinking that's the damnedest thing you got to paddle to get around and then you're i picture me reaching right. for my rod yes. and dropping everything overboard cursing up a storm and then yep. just you know heading back to, to the dock but empty-handed y- but no. empty-handed exactly <laughs> yeah heading to Publix to get to pick up your dinner no, exactly no, no. that's not for us you know we would have them Hobie would outfit me with an amazing um, kayak and then I had friends that would just really outfit it 
put every single bell and whistle on there. So I had rod holders for at least four, if not more, uh, rods, and everything had a place. So, and we got it down just pinpointed. Perf- to, it was just perfection. We would paddle out, you know, just before dawn, and then we would catch our bait with sabiki rigs. Which, let me right. tell you, that is not fun on a kayak. Oh, I can. You can only imagine. I'm not a big fan of using sabikis exactly. on the regular boat. I, exactly. I don't, I don't think I'd want to use them on a kayak. On a kayak of oh, all damn was, places. It was crazy. <laughs> so, but well, I mean, once we got the hang of it, you know, we would catch our bait, and then you know, you're starting to pedal out, you know, to your three or four miles, and the sun's coming up, and you start to hear the water just kind of ripple, and you and you see the live bait, or what's even more exciting mm-hmm. is when you see something, you know, hitting that live bait. Exactly. That's one of that yeah. is I agree one of the most majestic parts of. Being out on the water when you see that action when you see that life and you're like you know i got a good chance of getting something out of where this situation has taken me so right and the cool thing about a kayak versus a boat is that you know on a boat you have you can't be as stealthy but on a kayak you can sneak up on them that's a good point yeah footprint is a lot different clearly yeah and we were shockwave isn't there like it is on a boat to spook the fish exactly that lateral line so we would, you know, we would go out there and we would be able to intermingle with, you know, whether it be, you know, tuna or if it was uh, mackerel. What kind of tuna do you guys get up there? Are they yellowfin or blackfin? Or Well, you know, th- we call the the blackfin beach tuna because they come in fairly, you know, inshore. Obviously, you're still going to need to go out quite a ways to get your yellowfin. Okay. So you've seen a lot of bonita, sure. Yeah, I, tons a, of bonita. I'm one of too. I'm not one to eat bonita. Um, I know, <laughs> but um, it's you, you wonderful know, bait. You know, one thing I have to say, and uh, you know, the listeners at home, I'll have to admit, mm-hmm. I have tried fresh bonita. Have I, you? I bled it, I iced it, and I actually took it and kind of put a, a Montreal seasoning on it. Mm-hmm. I seared it to uh, a medium rare, and I ate it, and it tasted like a very, very, very tender steak. Really? Uh, it was surprising to me. It's just not a very popular option. People say all kinds of things, but I think with any type of seafood, you know, there, there's some diamonds in the rough and there's some stuff that people would label a trash fish that, you know. Well, remember just, when Trigger was trash fish? Uh, yeah, I do. Well, I mean, I don't remember, but I was told. But yeah, no, I've heard that before, uh-huh. sadly. You know, it, you don't hear amazing. it much anymore. No. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. If you File have the fish time. as well, you know, very similar. Not as much meat usually, but... Just usually when you land them, they're smaller. But file fish is the same way. They have that tough skin. Yeah, but if you have the time to like cut around and get around that, exactly, you're going to be in for a big surprise. I I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Um, One thing with your uh, your kayak fishing, Mm -hmm. um, you talking about that slow troll that we had touched on. Mm -hmm. Um, What exactly? What kind of setup would you use for that? Uh, You know, what what would you be trolling is it would it be like a spoon or would it be like a crankbait type thing um i mean what kind of setup would you use for that to get those king mackerel and uh, those spanish and things like that well um we used a lot of live bait we would catch oh, really mm-hmm, because if you don't again if you if you go too fast you kill them so it's got to it was a lot of trial and ah. so we would use cigar minnows which are a lot more popular up there yes and you know hardtails and um, we would get herring as well. So um, as long as you you paddle at a certain amount of or a certain speed, they they still stay awake. They swim, you know, and gotcha. and it's just they're 
just so attracted to it it's just awesome so i i have so much footage of it of it too but i would you would keep your hand on on the one that you're really paying more attention to and when a big giant smoker king would hit let me tell you it would just almost <laughs> rip it from my arm yeah, very loving fish right there yeah no i was <laughs> <laughs> i was spooled um a couple of times almost spooled a couple of times because almost um, spooled is a much better thing you well know? i don't know i like i like fish i would spoon a fish no no i don't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> this is great this is gonna be a this is gonna be a an interview for another time. Clearly, well, you've seen me hold like the fish. Sarah's cuddling it. with fish on the deck of the boat, trying to wrestle it. But uh, no, <laughs> hey, what I what to. I was. Oh well, yeah. I mean, talk about a killer. That'll that'll break it. Boat breaker, as yeah. we like to call them. Those cobia, especially the bigger ones, mm-hmm. they will get nasty. Um, you know this 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 is great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, really. Um, when it comes to trolling those baits and it about knocking you know everything out of the water mm-hmm. um what what is that feeling like if you could sum it up in a few w- words on a kayak when you just get just smoked by a big fish like that on a live bait well let me tell you this so this is a, a different story so this is one of my best catches ever i um we were we were out there trolling and i must have caught a small Spanish, or I don't know what I caught, but a shark got on top of it. Oh, the tax man came. Yeah, so oh. it, so I caught something, and then I In caught something bigger. Mm-hmm. So this this um don't like that the shark was about eight. We ended up saying thinking it was like eight to ten foot or something nice. like that. It was a big. That's shark. respectable shark. Yeah, and uh, I mean I have videos of it and and pictures, but it didn't breach, but a couple of times, and I was so pumped. I was at first I was a little scared, and it took me for a sleigh ride. Let me tell you how far it took us. <laughs> it was so bad, but you know after I got contain myself and and just the excitement and my heart was just pumping and i thought oh my god when i saw it breach and i saw how big and it went underneath the kayak you know so i could see it it was a feeling that i was like okay i'm 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 hooked i am always going to want to do this but um you know that that's what it feels like it's just an incredible feeling well you know that's perfectly understandable and uh, a great intro to how you came about and things. Guys, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take our break now. And uh, I'm Captain Zach Sturm. I'm here with my good friend, Sarah Salt. Um, you can check her out, Sarah Salt, on Instagram. And you can check us out on TampaOffshoreFishing.com. We are going to go to break now. We will be right back with you after a few messages from our sponsors. You're listening to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. Presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa on 102.5 The Bone. Now, back to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. Presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa on 102.5 The Bone. Tampa Bay. This is Captain Zach Sturm. You're listening to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio, our early show. I have the pleasure to have my good friend and professional model, angler, pretty much everything, Sarah Salt. Oh, stop it. Right here in the house with us. And we're uh, talking a little bit about how she got started in the industry. We're just talking about some pretty cool 
kingfish and red snapper action and from a kayak also getting smoked by sharks the tax man and stuff um to start out her career um moving forward a little bit um gosh sarah uh you know let's move on from there uh, you do a lot of great stuff like cobia fishing could you tell us and the listeners a little bit about that because that that period came pretty much right after the other in your career didn't it yeah i mean once i started getting my my foot in the door i got it recognized by a lot of different people and i was invited to fish uh as a female angler for different tournaments and up in the panhandle it's really really common it's big fishing big big money to do the cobia tournaments you know they have the world series up there and um so i fished a lot with a team called sea fix out of Destin and they catch so much fish that's such a fun charter if that's you guys awesome. are up there definitely give them you know or, or shoot me a little DM and I'll let you know how to get in touch with them but it's sea fix out of Destin and I would fish there um, for two years I think I fished their cobia tournaments and um, I know for a fact one of the year if you ate cobia and Destin I probably caught it because that's awesome yeah because I caught um, several and my biggest one was about 80 it was a little over 80 pounds it was 81 pounds or something that's awesome unbelievable fish and as you said when they come on board you better watch out oh uh, we I've had I've had some pretty intense times with some cobia and I've had some pretty boring times with the cobia like mm-hmm. how when our friend Curtis Yandel tried to cast it one with a bait caster (laughs) uh, with a conventional reel that was spooled up with God knows what and it went about four feet in front of him. Then I grabbed a spinning rod and pitched it right to the fish and landed it. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. It's neither here nor there. Had to give Curtis a little bit of hell there. But no, with your your cobia fishing up there, go on a little bit. Tell us about some of the techniques and stuff, because that was a really exciting part of your career. Oh, it's so exciting. Yeah, and I have a a really cool story there as well. But um, with the cobia fishing, what you do is you're pretty much going parallel from the beach, the shore, Mm -hmm. and you're just sight casting. That's what you're doing. You're looking for pods of of fish. And And what um, city was this out of particularly? So we would go out of of Destin. Okay, out of Destin. I just want to give the listeners a a picture. Okay, Mm -hmm. perfect. And um, we would uh, we would just kind of go parallel back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, one of my favorite trips on there, and this was not for any particular tournament or anything, but I was with a friend. They had just gotten this beautiful Viking. It was about an 80-foot Viking or oh, something. Oh, wow. Must be nice. Yeah, it was so awesome. And they don't pay just, that much in radio. It was just me, my friend, um, the owner of the boat, and, and the captain. And so the captain goes, hey, if we if we see any cobia, it's, it's all you. And I was like, no, 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 no. Because, you know, it's big money up there. If you catch it or... If you see one, you only have one chance usually to cast out to it. And if you miss it, you know, they go down and that's it. So I was like, no, no, I don't want to be first on. I don't want to be the first angler. And he's like, well, it's 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 you. I've got to do the boat. The owner's got to do this. So it's all you. And my friend was pregnant. So I was like, oh, God. So, <laughs> yeah. So it was me. So we I was up at the up in the tower with the captain and we see two beautiful cobia you know and so you know he taught me how to do everything we we cast it out and the best bait for them is the eels the live eels you know oh yeah for sure eels and cobia yeah and then i ran down i had to run down they handed me the rod you know they kind of like pulley it down and then i had to walk it up to the front you know and and then kind of get a hold of it and then walk all the way back this is you know no rail it's a big Viking. Yeah. I'm walking back and forth. And I think then, they look better without the rail. That's oh, my agree. personal opinion. I but. agree. I agree. But um, so I brought it in. I got the first one in and then he's like, all right, you ready for the second one? And I caught them both. I was so pumped. That That's pretty awesome. It you, was awesome. You're, you're going after the, 
the the female first or the male or well in with cobia when you see two it's preferable to cast out to the larger one because if you get the smaller one the the larger one spooks and it goes away gotcha but if you catch the bigger one first the small one will stay behind kind of like you know mahi do when they stay with their friends yeah, and that and sounds about right both yeah so, so yeah that, that's absolutely that story. well that's awesome yeah now i've told you two of my biggest um favorite fishing stories hey, you know that's that's what we're here we like to go on a little bit about that mm-hmm. um you know one thing that i definitely wanted to talk about is uh you know clearly you've been you know coy about it but one of your best known um accomplishments mm-hmm. was really with a company that i'm sure a lot of our listeners know and uh that being said tell us a little bit about getting started with pelagic gear okay. and you know being one of the first you know big time female personalities that they've had come aboard and you know you really paved the way for you know the pelagic girl as you know them today and you know it's pretty impressive you you know just looking at it from an industry side Mm -hmm. because you see that a lot you know but you know you were really the first one and you know it's it's pretty cool to see that pelagic is employing you know the women that have you know talent to lead you know their brand and stuff like you have so but uh, you know anyway tell us a little bit about how that got started because i'm sure the listeners that know a pelagic gear have probably seen you before and um i'm sure they're interested as i am yeah yeah i've been with pelagic since the beginning um i you know i was in this is how that happened so i was at icast i had boat behind you know under me and um <coughs> also Hobie, so I had both of those. And just so you guys, I'm <laughs> sure a lot of our listeners know this, but just in case you don't, when we refer to iCast, it's a big trade show where all the who's who of fishing from your Wicked Tuna guys to your, you know, your companies like, you know, all, all your big brands. And the big personalities. And big personalities are going to be. Which you know, I'm your, not one. Your you Bill know. Dance. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're lucky to be there anyway you know, rubbing shoulders with all these superstars. But uh, anyway, so that's iCast. Go ahead and continue. I just want to clear that up for our listeners. Yes. So I was at iCast and I walked up to the Pelagic booth and I remember, you know, looking to see who I could talk to. And it happened to be Ron, which was the owner. And I said to him, which I didn't know at the time. Awesome. Yeah. And I was like, hey, you know, I I really love your brand. I have a lot of friends, captains that are um, with you. And I really like to, I I know you don't employ or have any females. And I would really like to be a part of your team. And he says to me, he goes, just hold on to that thought. We're working on something. And so, you know, we kept in contact. They, at first they sent me just, you know, obviously some hats and some shirts and stuff. But from there, you know, it kind of evolved into which we have now our line is unbelievable the you got, leggings the bathing suits the tops the shorts the shoe i mean just everything absolutely they do make some pretty good looking products yeah and speaking of pelagic so i i don't want to leave without telling everyone i leave um shortly to go to the east coast i'm going to palm beach for the shamrock so hopefully some of y'all will be out there or at least um keeping track with with those uh festivities but it's for the tournament is called Shamrock Shootout. Tell tell us a little bit more about the tournament. What you know as far as uh, just kind of the premise and uh, everything like that that you have. Um, as far what what do you? I'm not familiar with the tournament, unfortunately. Uh, what exactly are you guys targeting? Um, we are targeting here. I'm going to look it up so that I can. It's a multi species on, on that one. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Um. But we, you know, we're we're going after kingfish, dolphin, um, wahoo, cobia, and tuna. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, obviously that's those super are all cool. Um, 
quadriplegic fans. Yeah, yeah. So that's what that's what we're targeting. But it's it's really fun. I don't know if anyone out there has ever been to any of our tournaments, but you know, we did the Rockstar in Costa Rica recently and that was super fun. And this is my first year doing the the Shamrock shootout. That's pretty awesome. You know, I just saw it here on Instagram. Uh, that's uh, Sailfish Marina, Palm mm-hmm. Beach, Florida, exactly. Kingfish, Dolphin, Wahoo, Cobia, and Tuna, March 13th through the 14th in 2020, of course, and it's the second annual Pelagic Shamrock Shootout. That's a mouthful. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's awesome. That, that sounds like a fantastic event. It is. I can't wait to join the rest of my sisters and, and uh, do an awesome job. And the next big thing that I'll be doing is uh, the Cayman... Oh, the Billfish Rundown. You're doing that. The yeah. Cayman Billfish Rundown. Yeah, exactly. And that is um, in May. Okay. And it's uh, from the 18th to the 22nd. Yep, the 18th to the 22nd. And so that one's going to be a lot of fun. And I'll be joining um, Marissa Everhart for that one. She really? Had, yeah, we're going to be awesome. out there together. For um, the, the Shamrock Shootout, the rest of the Pelagic Girls are going to be there. But for this one, it's just Marissa and I. And um, well, I am hey, you're two really the, looking forward you're to You're two it. of the best. I can't see any reason why you two shouldn't be there. Oh. And uh, All of to, the girls are awesome. Just to say that, I love all my Pelagic sisters. Every single one of them I have met has been extremely extremely down to earth, extremely talented, you know, it's 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 really awesome when, you know, Pelagic can use female anglers that are actually talented, you know, a lot of a lot of folks, you know, are accused of using just pretty faces to right. sell fishing. And so it's so funny when, you know, you all are such talented anglers, it it really kind of puts people in their place. Well, I mean, we may not be the best anglers out there with the exception of Katie. Katie um she she travels with, uh, I think it's on location is the name of that boat, and mm-hmm. she's amazing. But, um, you know, the, the rest of us, you know, we kind of do our own thing here. But it's we really do have a passion for it. And what people don't understand sometimes is that we, we have to promote the brand and the clothes and the bathing suits. So sometimes it's about the fish. Sometimes it's about the product. But it's always about, you know, just the lifestyle and what we're doing and the passion and, you know, the camaraderie. Well, Down here, where where we you know started with Tampa offshore fishing, just like you know, when you you fished with us a lot, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, we have a lot further that we have to go yeah. in order to get to that blue water. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I definitely get it. A lot of you folks that are listening, you know that when you go to the East Coast, a lot of you run out of these inlets, Stewart, Jupiter, these areas, and you have very very few miles until you're into billfish territory exactly and you know those south florida folks you know i I have to say i'm a bit jealous of the opportunities they have down here although i really love our local tampa bay you know offshore fishing see and i want to learn more about that because i have to tell you i i'm so in love with the fishing up in the panhandle because it's so diverse you know um i know everyone brags about the the fishing on the east coast i have most of the Pelagic girls are based out of the East Coast in a little location. And, you know, I have lots of friends in Miami and, and just all over. So I've fished all over Florida pretty much. And it's so crazy because you might be targeting the same fish. Right. But it's a different animal depending on where you're from, you know, because I like I love to use um, sand fleas, but you you don't get them here anymore. Right. And on the East Coast, I know I've used them also for Pompano, but again, you know, that's something that you don't use here. So it just depends. You have to know your waters. You have to know the fisheries and and really just use what's indigenous to that area sure. in order to have the best success. But I mean, what, 30, 
30 foot liters and uh, that, the shrimp and it's just it's just i i just want to choke people because <laughs> it's so different they're 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 definitely you know a smart fish and uh you know it's it's a fantastic thing to target but yeah like i said uh, you know i'm when i'm snapper fishing i'm used to the knocker rig type setup that we like to use offshore around here which is uh a little bit different from the way that though those mutton snapper fishermen mm-hmm. perform it, you know their duties in south florida right so yeah it, it's it's pretty great well uh you know with your ability to work coming towards the end of our early morning show and we're about to transition into our regular show um but just to you know tell everybody it's been so great having you here Thank uh, you. tell us you know what is one of your favorite things that you really have got out of your career you know in this industry because you know you, you've truly become an impressive personality um what 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 is your two questions i guess this would be first part what is your favorite advice that you would give to young ladies that want to you know continue to proceed in your footsteps Mm -hmm. and also what is your most fulfilling um what's the most fulfilling thing about what you're doing Okay, as we all know, those of y'all that know me, I have a very short attention span. So we're probably going to have to go back and ask one of those questions, I'm sure. (laughs) But um, the advice that I would give a person, a a girl, and I have met, a lot of parents bring their daughters up to tournaments or different places. And the little girls want their pictures taken with me. That that right now is just giving me chills. It just is, I'm so tickled when somebody does that, or little, you know, boys. and. I just am so proud that that people even want to talk to me, much less get my autograph because I'm nobody important. But it's um, my advice is always if you have a passion, stick with it, learn, ask questions. I talk to the captains. I ask them questions. I don't know everything, but I know, you know, what I know how to do, I know how to do. And, and what I don't, I ask questions and I learn. And don't be embarrassed if people make fun of you or if you're rigging stuff wrong just keep at it because if and you know what if it's your passion you don't care what people think because you're going to do it anyway exactly i you know i couldn't i couldn't agree more with that right um so my last question essentially would be the second part yeah i forgot uh, the second part would be (laughs) what is what's your favorite thing about what part of this has made you the happiest that your your favorite thing about it this career i just have to tell you everything about fishing makes me happy but when you're out there in the middle of the ocean and you feel the wind in your hair and you smell you know that that's that salty air and and you're just it's so cool when you're out and you like when i've been out and i've stayed overnight and i'm up and i love to go up to the tower and i'm when i'm up in the tower and i look around there's not another single boat for 360 degrees you don't see anything but stars at night you know it's beautiful out there when you're far offshore i agree incredible yeah i mean it just takes your breath away and i just love everything about it but i my main thing you know whether it's kayaking paddle boarding or being on a boat but especially the first two the good thing is that you're getting exercise you're out in the outdoors and then you're catching dinner so you it's a try you know you get three different things but being out there catching your own meal that's what that's where it's at absolutely well everybody um this is uh the end of our morning show i it's hope too bad i had so much more to say well we're just gonna have to get you on our regular scheduled show here i know that you have some stuff in the industry that you're wrapping up so you won't be able to join us for our live show unfortunately so guys we appreciate 
each and every one of you taking the time to listen to our early show. And we hope that listening to Sarah's story was inspirational to you and at least a little bit entertaining. We're going to be having a lot of personalities from the industry here to tell their story. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to wish you a good morning and catch me after our quick break here. And we're going to start Tampa Bay Fishing Radio's live show from 6 to 8. We'll talk to you in a bit. You're listening to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. Presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa. On 102.5 The Bone.